Hello, and welcome back to the Ark of E podcast. My name is Noah. And my name is Gavin. And we're the Blanchard Brothers. I, I finally got him back, people. It's been a little bit. Just, this man's been working mm-hmm. through the pandemic. Essential. Getting people, getting people their money. Yep. Not really. Essential. Well, I've done, okay. I've done that one day, and that was like two Fridays ago. All right. So Gavin's been watching a lot of stuff on his phone? No. <laughs> um, I had a lot of loan review. People, this doesn't matter to anybody, but for like the first week and a half of the loan promotion, I was killing it, man. I had 20 loans. I was the only one doing stuff. My boss was out doing testing stuff, so I was just, I was killing it, percentage-wise. I didn't make a lot of money. It wasn't a lot of money. Small yeah. branch, small goal. But I was like 30, 40% of the goal. I was killing it. Then they shut the lobbies down. Yeah. And then all the all the over-the-phone stuff kicked in. And now I'm like maybe 10th place. Okay. 10th out of 20 ain't bad, though. Well, you drove down here. Yeah. You haven't touched each other nope uh yep staying safe yep. hope you guys are as well um kind of came loaded for bear even though we have like zero topics but i got enough stuff to fill yeah. movie tv and music arc i can so i can do a little bit of each this is uh, this is gonna be another catching up with gav yeah episode uh because we haven't we haven't chatted in a bit so i got a ton of movies on the rewatch front and some new stuff but I just did a movie-centric episode with Mayfield. Don't know if you listened to it. Probably not, because you weren't on it. No, I did. Um, okay. What do we talk about? The third director's one? You talking about that one? Yeah. Yeah, it was really interesting. Do you have any... <laughs> you saw the title? I did. I take it. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a favorite film that's the third entry in a director's filmography? Mm. Their third time out? Maybe think on it? Yeah. Maybe ponder? It's a tough one. I mean... I mean, I figured Armageddon is yeah. where you go immediately. Probably. Um, is Subway? No. I think La Femme Nikita is Luc Besson's third movie. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe we not. don't talk about Luc Besson anymore. Why not? What's wrong with him? You can look it up. Okay. okay. <laughs> sure. Um, like, anyways, think on it. I'll think on it. You want to do TV to kick things off? Because I think we're talk watching a little, little uh, plot against America, yeah, a little, so little craziness. That's a let's, uh, let's uh, take the TV arc out yeah. of the dock, and yeah, we can start with Plot Against America, which is on HBO. They have one episode left. It has been a uh, a really for me personally, it's been this growing dread through the entire series, yes. and the penultimate episode was almost like unbearable. Yeah, to watch. Uh, it is an adaptation of a Philip Roth novel, The Plot Against America, hmm. from Mr. David Simon and uh, and his crew. Uh, so a lot of wire familiars, people from The Deuce, Treme, etc. It stars... I, I couldn't... I, well, no, I was going to say... John Turturro. <laughs> Those are the big names that you would probably notice when I, you look this thing up. Yes, but I see. I want to shout out Herman specifically, the father, because yes. I'm not familiar with him. But I am increasingly like that. That guy's incredible. I want to watch more stuff with him. So uh, Morgan Spector plays <laughs> Herman Levin, the patriarch of a uh, a Jewish family in a suburb of New Jersey, a Jewish suburb specifically. And this is like an alternate history where Charles Lindbergh beats uh, FDR and and becomes president right in the midst of World War Two. Of the Nazi. And of course Lindbergh was sympathetic to the Nazis, etc. So the the question is basically, is it going to, to spread to America and how 
the everyday, already assimilated Jewish population is now all of a sudden the villain. What, what, did, I, what did I text you? What did you text me? What did I text you? Oh, I get it. Like it's a parallel for like, today. No, I said, oh, oh, Lindbergh's like a, it's like a, a, you know, it's like Donald Trump. I get it. This yeah. show's dope. Like it's a basically, yeah. Yeah, that's the reason to do this, but yes. it, it is uniquely different. And the the kind of alternate history setup, I think, is like plays one way for some people who are like deep history nerds, and then for other people mm-hmm. is just like, wait, what? What's going on? Like you could almost watch half the show before you realize, like, oh, this didn't actually happen. Exactly. Like this yeah. isn't based on a true story. Like I never yeah. watched The Man in the High Castle. I don't know. I, what w- the... I watched bits and pieces of the first season. What yeah. What was the premise? Did, what, did the we premise like was win? we lost? We did and lose. Japan becomes the dominant power, if I'm not mistaken. I thought they split it. I just remember they being... split. It's split between Japan and Germany, but de- Japan becomes the dominant power in the. U.S. The West. I thought or something because like, like the that. middle of the country split. It's yeah, free America again. I didn't make it far enough into because it. I remember the first episode of that show. There was like old movies of us winning battles. So I thought, did we win? But then we got the that bomb was, dropped on us, was, or like there was like a cover up. Yeah, it was. It's yeah. I'm not sorry. sure how all that played. But out. you have some of those already out there. But this one, I think, of the it's hey, so, so grounded. Yeah, it was the main because thing. It's, it's not super high concept ex- when you get right down to it. With essentially the um, the nephew. Afner or what? Whatever his name is, I can't remember his. The we're doing a great job right now. We are. Um, I got you. I got you. I got you. Uh, Alvin, Alvin, played by sorry. Anthony Boyle, who is not Jewish and I think is Scottish or Irish, probably killing it with like a Dude. New Jersey accent. Yes, yeah, it's great. There is a great aftercast for every episode. I haven't watched. There's thirty it. minutes apiece. It's David Simon being interviewed by David Cargo, I think, from NPR. I forget. Yeah, I, I see the things. I highly recommend those because he goes into detail about what he changed from the novel. Okay, because there's a lot of stuff that he brings into it to deepen the themes of kind of trying to parallel it to today mm-hmm. and also just to do some deeper character stuff where he was like i kind of wanted it to go this way or whatever he met with philip roth before he passed away okay got a little bit of a blessing but they didn't get to talk about like every single aspect of what he changed so hmm. he goes into detail on all that highly recommend it it's just the plot against america aftercast if you yeah no it, it, come, come it comes up, up it's, it's licensed by hbo it's all professionally produced kind of like how they did with Watchmen. it's great yeah it's essentially i mean I feel like he probably would do a little five minute after each episode, you know, video like, like they, they do yeah. with like Westworld gets a pretty substantial chunk of their episode time devoted to that, actually, which is we can talk about. I don't know if you're watching. Westworld. Nope. OK, so got to finish first season. OK, uh, but anyways, I, we both highly recommend it. Fantastic performances across the board. Uh, Totoro is like he is this the best understated southern Jew kind of, I've ever heard of, of, of on menace. screen. Yeah. The, that accent, dude. They I'm talk just... about that in the podcast as well. Him being like Totoro is basically an honorary Jew at this point because mm-hmm. he's not Jewish at all, but yeah. he has played so many mm-hmm. Jewish characters throughout his career did that you people see... just are like, yeah, he's Jewish. Did you see the Jesus rolls? What is that? We haven't really talked about it. I, I watched 20 minutes of the Jesus rolls and I bailed on it, which I very rarely do on movies that I pay for on on vod oh but uh i was just i felt like if i sat through the entire runtime it was going to make me more and more resentful of it and it granted it is not attempting to be like this is a continuation of the lebowski style and vibe Mm -hmm. the concept is basically he take he totoro has been wanting to make a sequel for forever and eventually the coen brothers were like all right go do whatever you want to do with that like yeah Here's the rights okay. to go handle it, yeah. 
And so it's essentially a remake of a an Italian film, if I'm not mistaken, hmm. with this character inserted into it and oh. his brother, Bobby Cannavale. I like him. It just, with there was like one great upfront joke, which kind of answered my one question for like, how do you take the character who the lasting impression, other than like nobody fucks with the Jesuses, eight-year-olds, dude. Yes. <laughs> he did six months in Chino for exposing himself to an eight-year-old. Yeah. What is the, how do uh, they, how do they. can roll. Sorry, I could sit here for hours. How do they um, sidestep that? He's taking a piss in a public bathroom and a little kid is like already looking at it. And like, it's very, and it's, it's, the joke is that he did not expose himself. He was at a urinal and a little kid was like checking out his dick because oh. it was so big. Essentially. Oh my God. Yes. That's ridiculous. But not in a sexual way or whatever, gotcha. but it okay. just like, yeah. Um, so it has that one great joke up front because I was like, how do you make this a character that we actually want to follow for an hour when that's like, that's all we know of him? Is it like, is he a pedophile? I don't I mean, even know. It's such a like, yeah. throwaway joke. But um, yeah, so they set the stage with that. And then I was like, and then the laughs never came, man. And I just, hmm. yeah. And Maybe they came at like minute 30. Maybe they did. Maybe they did. Let me know if I made a huge mistake in is it, bailing out of it. But is it I, I streaming somewhere or what? It's not streaming anywhere now. It's still for rent. But I'll wait till it streams. I just I saw that. Yeah, if it pops up on HBO, maybe I'll finish it way down the road. But I, it's one of those things where like it's not going to taint your memory of the Big Lebowski because it's not trying to. And I didn't do think it Big was. Lebowski I watched the trailer. All, but at the same time, I was like, I don't know if I really. I, he's kind of a one note character. I don't know if I need an hour and a half with the Jesus. So, yeah. Yeah. But still love Totoro. And then I turned right around and started Plot yeah. Against America literally the next day mm-hmm. after that. And I was like, I still, I mean, he's he's one of our great actors. Well, everybody I talked to, I was like, just listen to Totoro being a Jewish um, rabbi from, from South Carolina. From South Carolina. Yeah. That's the best part about it. Like, the accent alone. And, like, the last episode before this last one where there's slowly bits where it's like, here's a crack and like, what you are thinking. And I'm one. Because the entire time, I feel like you're wondering, is he really, like, naive to think that, like, the things that are going on aren't that big of a deal? Or is, like, is there some nefarious thing behind it? Like, he's, is he honestly think he's doing good for his people? But then when you start to see, like, the conversation with uh, the guy who plays Henry Ford, like, him. Oh, God. Yeah. Just being like, um, no, we're not going to pay Jews to move to other other parts of the country just because we're moving. Like, no, we're not doing that. Mm -hmm. Are you crazy? If they if people want to work, they'll come to my factory and work. That's what we do. And just like the the understand, like him kind of slowly coming to understanding, like wait a minute, they you were made assurances. Yeah, they you're don't the, really you're the give token a sh- Jew that's here to like make everybody okay with what's happening. Exactly, but you're not like you're not going to be able to affect any change or actually protect anybody. Mm-hmm. In fact, you're basically helping them. Mm-hmm. Like you're making it easier for these people to do what they're exactly. doing. Exactly, um, it is incredibly upsetting. And again, it's the slow burn quality of like. Everything seems fairly normal for a bit, and then just slowly from the margins, things start to like eke mm-hmm. into this family's life. Where you're like, what? and then of course you have the nephew who has specifically like ran away, crossed the Canadian border because he wanted to fight and kill Nazis, and now that he is back in America, the way that he's being treated as essentially a it's it's treason essentially that yeah. he went and fought for the other side. I do like so, I do like it's like how'd you lose your foot? I was like on a beach. I tripped over a dead knots. I like, was like yeah. he's just such a badass, and I'm like, I want this guy to like. Oh, 100. percent And that, let me tell you, my prior experience with Philip Roth is very limited. It's the movie Indignation, uh, okay. which James Sheamus did a couple years ago. Uh, he's a frequent collaborator with Ang Lee, but this was him striking out on his own. 
great movie. I absolutely love it, but it is so bleak and devastating by the end of it. But it's set in the 40s, and it's a young Jewish boy who's going off to college and, of course, doesn't want to get drafted into the war because most of the people from his neighborhood are being drafted. And basically, he meets a girl in college. That relationship, I won't even spoil for people, but it leads to a scenario where it's basically like, I don't, I don't even want to spoil it. What after Plot Against America is done, go watch Indignation. I'm pretty sure it's on HBO right now. Okay, uh, highly recommend that one. And yeah, I've never read a Philip Roth novel, but I mean, he's considered one of our our great modern novelists. So. Yeah, uh, go check it out. The final episode airs tomorrow night from when we're recording this. this yes, is Sunday, by the way. Uh, and Better Call Saul will also be wrapping up on the same night. Oh, which is great, by the way. I know you're not probably not up to date with it incredible, i tried explaining incredible Bad to somebody season, the and the, the penultimate episode of that one had a um i can't i feel like i just said this on the last podcast i can't remember if i talked to mayfield about it or not but it had a not edge of my seat moment but a standing like a foot away from the tv moment, like up the... on my feet like what's gonna happen oh shit. And that, ha- that has yet to happen in the run of saul it happened many times in breaking bad but it yes some of the most intense TV watching I've had. And then Devs wrapped up recently, which I know you haven't started as well. Nobody that I'm friends with has watched it yet, so I have nobody to talk to. It's my favorite show of the year so far. It's my favorite show since Too Old to Die Young. It's a, okay. it's a masterpiece as I far will, as I'm concerned. I've heard some varying reactions, so I do want to get your take on it at some point. Some people are not like fully in love with it, but I just... It had me hooked every single week. I could not wait for for more, and I'm still, still racking around in the brain. So, highly recommend all of those. Do you have any other TV you've been watching? Um, mainly that. Uh, let me check the old list here, because I just one of the things I was going to mention. Uh, I love that. Like, I love the newsreels. That's probably one of my favorite parts of Plot Against America, like the fake mm-hmm. newsreels of the day, and how like. They come out, it's like, they talk about how, you know, notoriously Hitler's downfall was turning to Russia because this is just Mr. Mitten's history coming back. Anybody who ever tried to conquer Europe, their fatal mistake was they had a two-front war and Russia was on one side. So uh, Charlemagne, Napoleon, all of them, like you don't, you don't fight a war against Russia on two fronts. That's just the rule. So Hitler's like, I'm going to do that. And that's eventually his downfall. That's, you know, Stalin and them get into it and basically he has all sides crushing on him. Well, when they... When they say that, like, oh, with this military action of Adolf Hitler fighting against the Russians, the U.S. will never have to worry about the spread of communism. And I was like, this is fucking brilliant, man. This is, I don't know if this is part of that novel. I don't know how, if this is something they just threw in there. But this little newsreel of that, of, like, you know, the, you know, nationalist whatever president, you know, Lindbergh, the the celebrity who becomes a president, like, him being like, oh, look at, it's so great. Look at the Russians. They're doing great. I was like, there's so many parallels, dude. It's so good. And I'm, I, I haven't ever, I didn't watch any of them as they were coming out. I waited till like three were up. I didn't watch the last episode. No, four were up. Last one was episode five, right? Yes. Yeah. I watched that one like two days ago. I didn't watch it on Monday night when it came out. So tomorrow I'm probably going to sit down and actually watch that as it's coming out. Cause I'm like, all right, I'm in. I need to finish yeah, it. My, as- my routine is usually that. And then Saul before yeah. I go to bed. Because they do the re-airing, um, but yeah, it's good. Good time for TV right oh, now. Yeah, Some definitely. like just random stuff I've been catching up with. I started watching Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which is like I don't know why I waited so long. That's on Netflix, it's co-created by Tina Fey, 
uh, Ellie Kemper's main star, Jane Krakowski, etc. It, it's great. It's fun. Um, Enlightened, which is an old HBO show starring Laura Dern. I say old by like, it's like 2011, 2012. Kind of got overlooked, but it's, it's Mike White, our boy from uh, Orange County. Yeah. School Rock. Really good show. Really enjoying it. But I also know that it got canceled prematurely, I'm pretty sure. So we're kind of dreading getting to the end of season two because hmm. it's really, really good. Uh, Westworld. <sighs> Hard to tell you to like hurry up and catch up, dude. <laughs> Rough times. I thought this... Uh, Maybe an unpopular opinion. Episode 5, the most recent one, Genre, I believe was the title, I think is one of the worst hours of prestige television I've seen in a long time. Like, and by a long time, I mean since Game of Thrones last year. So, uh, yeah. But I'm sticking it out. They've only got three more left. They did. They were kind enough to only do eight episodes this season instead of ten. I mean, is it somebody like somebody owes somebody a favor, or like is it 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 will cost us more to not do it? I just don't get it because, <laughs> you know, you and everybody's been like, oh, season two, and then like now I'm slowly starting to hear, oh well, you know, season three yeah, this, they and I'm really like, didn't turn the corner. Okay. Unless I get to the end of this and I'm like, oh wow, I'm a dumbass. They made this mate, but. If so, the ride wasn't interesting in getting to whatever they're taking us to. Like, yeah. I don't see a payoff that all of a sudden is going to make me go like, oh, shit, those six weeks of, like, really just confounding. Not in a good way. Not in a, like, you know, oh, where is this going? I'm really mystified by it. In a, like, why are you choosing to tell the story this way? That kind of stuff. Where it's like, not everything has to be a, a narrative flourish and a trick. So- like. So as it sits now before you finish it, better or worse than True Detective Season 2? Oh, way worse. I mean, okay, good. Again, True Detective Season 2 is like a solid 8.5 to a 9 out of 10 okay. for me. Okay. And it's, we talked about this when we went back to it. It gets better every time you yes, go back does. to it. Just like every season of that show. I haven't done three yet, but I, I plan on it. You know, I thought about doing that the other day. I was like, eh, no. I, I kind of thought about doing that right after The Outsider. Because yeah, we were both just like, like, by the end of The Outsider, it was kind of like, yeah, like really deflated and, and the, the complete opposite to the way that True Detective Season 3 went out where we were just like, dude. Can we get five more hours of this, please? Yeah, exactly. Just like so, them as old men hanging out, like like a like a grumpier old men 3 kind of bring thing? Bring it back. That'd be dope. Bring it back. Um, did you watch McMillions? Uh, I watched like the first three episodes. Okay. You know what I haven't watched? What's that? Tiger King. Not I haven't going. watched. Not going to. Okay. Listen to the podcast when it came out, learned everything I need to know. It's fine. I get that it's kind of neat to look at people's faces and like know what happened and whatnot and see that, but I just, I don't get it. I mean, I mean, I'm not also, you're kind of on the other side of the hype train where I feel like now the the full on backlash is starting because people are just like sick of it. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed my time with it. I did not bother with the after show, the new piece that they put out. Well, like, okay. So the Eric Bana and I can't remember the woman's name, dirty John. Okay. Listen to all that in in its entirety. Thrilling podcast. Connie Britton. Yeah, from uh, Game Connie uh, Britton. Yeah, Connie Britton from uh, Friday Night Lights. Yeah, and American Horror Story. And um, at least the first season. She's one of the weird ones. American who, Ultra. Yeah, she's one of the weird ones who like she's never come back for American Horror Story, right? I stopped watching that show. I don't years think ago, so, but she she was one and done. Yeah. Weird. Well, it's funny because she told people. <laughs> I remember her telling people that like. When they were on the set of like the 
third or fourth season of Friday Night Lights, people are like, you guys should do a movie. She goes, I was in the movie. Oh, yeah. I was in I was the movie that the, we did. I'm had, the wife. Well, they had two carryover characters, right? It was her? Because the, the big guy who's the, I think he's on the school board. He has the Ford dealership. It's been wild. Yes, it, it, oh, dude, you're but right. He's His in the bud, movie the as coach, well because yeah. he's the he's the one who's going up. Has some unkind words for Billy Bob. Yeah, those are the only two though. Yeah, it's and they're the, not playing the exact same characters. But, but yeah, but, but she's no, no, well, she's she's the coach's wife. And both. Yeah, but he's so not. He's, he's not, not Billy Bob. He is distinctly not specifically that character. Right. He's a different. But it's a you're same actor. Yeah. But yeah, no. Um, Dirty John was was. A podcast I listen to mm-hmm. and it's tiny really good. I'm kind of interested to see what they're doing in the TV show, but I'm also like, how do you get more than one season out of that? It doesn't need to be more than one because at that point you're just kind of like, I'm not gonna. If I know this something's a podcast and I can go listen to it and I can hear like details, especially from stuff with Wondery, it's never bad. I've never come up against anything where people are like, nah, that actually didn't happen. They didn't do their research. That's one of the things I like about them. Mm-hmm. If I'm you're trying to draw me into like multiple seasons. It's like, I can just go listen to this and know what happens. And I'm not really going to worry about, okay. Like I like Eric Bana. Like he was dope and black Hawk down, but I'm not, I'm not that invested, man. Like I got other stuff I can watch. So I don't know if they're doing a season I two. Homecoming is the most successful of the podcast turn TV shows, but wait, homecoming, the Amazon, it's on Amazon, right? Wait, that was a podcast. Yeah. Is it fake or real? It was. It's fake. What? Okay. It's a scripted, scripted podcast that uh, got turned into a show. Like okay. S. Ma- I don't think it's S. Mail's thing to begin with. He just adapted the podcast. Oh, I fucking love that show. I haven't watched it. Oh my god, dude! If you like Mr. Robot, and you Never need watched to watch, oh my single god, single second of Mr. Robot. Damn it, man! Just, we could have such a good conversation about Mr. Robot right okay. now. We could have such a good conversation about devs, or you know. We need to start putting this in the episodes. What are, what's it going to take? Because it's been what? This is year f- three, yeah. almost starting year four. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea what your thoughts on uh, lockout are. I have no idea. Maybe we'll never know. I'll tell you what. Tell you what is happening. What is happening? You know, it's been on Cinemax. It was on Showtime, but Den of Thieves is coming to Netflix. What next month? So maybe third I time is the charm. To, yeah. <laughs> third streaming outlet is the charm i wish the last one okay. what do you got go ahead you did you watched a little bit of mcmillions it came out earlier this year yeah. airing alongside the outsider right. i never finished it mm-hmm. i went back this week and i finished it a fascinating story yeah really well put together doc um i wish they would you, do more of if those. you need something after tiger king that's like okay i still want some like holy, holy shit, shit this, can't i can't believe this but it also does not that's does it bring in all the moral questionability of like, what the hell am I watching here? Yeah. Check out McMillions, um, yeah, which is on good. HBO. Really, really good. And I think that one has a podcast as well and that has gone into like much more depth. There's a one called The the Scheme, I think, that just started. It's a documentary about the whole pay-for-play uh, NCAA basketball shit from a couple of years. But that ended, you know, FBI getting involved with all that. That, I think, just started on HBO. Hadn't heard about that one. That one's it's called The Scheme, I think. Okay. But it's one. Last, last thing I'll mention because I'm super excited for it, and it's actually available today when we're recording this. Completely forgot about it, so I have something to watch other than Westworld tonight. First episode of The Last Dance, the 10-part ESPN Michael Jordan documentary. Oh, shit. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, they, is this like I got the, the I got the ESPN Plus login from Mom. Word. Just texted it over, so I'm gonna go download the app as soon as we're done recording here. I'm gonna watch that first episode. Is it kind of like the same thing they do with that big six part OJ thing? I mean, it feel from the trailers alone, it feels like it's gonna have that kind of scope where it's like. I don't know if it's going to be cradle to the grave, but it is definitely going to be about like his impact in ways that you probably didn't think about it. And I presume, in my head, I don't know if you go boring chronological or if it's going to cut up and go all over the place, but you do, by the end of the first episode, he's about to graduate UNC. Right. Okay. Second episode comes in the NBA, and then the middle three through like eight are just everything or maybe like three through seven three then three through six needs to be baseball and then come back and then aftermath gambling the wizards the crying meme um did you see what he did at um, (laughs) i don't know did you see when he his the you or the speaking engage thing at kobe's funeral he was like, I told my wife I wouldn't go cry again because I couldn't deal with another set of these memes or whatever. And the guy laughed at Kobe's funeral, but he was like, I told you, just, I'm not going to do this because of that damn meme or something. Like, I can't remember what he said, but I was just like, that's that's great that like he, he acknowledges that like that's a thing he knows. Because like most people say, he's notoriously competitive at anything, mm-hmm. which is kind of why like the gambling and all that. It's like, I bet somebody was just like, yeah, man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to own me an NBA franchise. He was like, oh, you are going? I got you. Boom. And he just like, I own the Hornets now. What do you want to do? Um, so I, I've been anticipating it for a bit. They were showing trailers for it in front of movies when really? we could still go to the theater and watch movies. What's a theater, Noah? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if you have ESPN+, Plus, presumably it's on ESPN proper if you have cable as well. Yeah, but, I would imagine so. Uh, first, first episode drops today. I don't know if it's going to be week to week or how they're doing this or if it's all going to be like 10 days straight. But yeah, no, it, but it, it seems to be in the vein, obviously the subject matter is a little different, Yeah. but it seems to be in the vein of the, the OJ made America doc. Yeah. Um, Which was in terms of like, that's the best documentary ever made. Yeah. Period. I like fight me on it. Not just for length, but just the, everything, the giant, like when you step back from it and you're like, look at the story that Ezra Edelman just told over the course of like decades and like the clear through line of everything mm-hmm. it's insane it's so well put together it's like i think i've have you have you watched the one about june whatever 94 whatever like four, it's a 3030 but it's the day that he went on the chase and how like there were two big other sports events that were supposed to be happening that were like oh i think i have seen yeah them. but yeah. they're all cuz they no, have I, like they have most of the 30 for 30s are available through prime and or i think Disney Plus or the ESPN yeah. app or whoever has those as well. So, but that was a good one because it when it they had like it was weird to see they had like Bob Costas kind of complaining like why are we, why are we broadcasting now? We should be cutting to this thing like he is mm-hmm. on the he's running now like why are we not you know he was kind of it seemed like he was annoyed that they had to keep going live with the, the broadcast because it was a finals game, the the Rangers I think had just won the Stanley Cup and like their parade got preempted because they were coming home. Or maybe they were going to play. I can't remember, but that was a really good one from 30 for 30. I, uh, I'll i admit, man, I, I watched about five, six episodes of uh, The Big Show's Big Show on Netflix. <laughs> That's a quirky little family comedy. I've watched the trailer for it. It's adorable. Because it keeps playing every time I boot up Netflix. That youngest daughter of his, I mean, you know I would love it because it's set in Tampa. 
it's uh, South Carolina's own Paul Ka- White. I watched kind of a Florida-centric movie we'll get to in, uh, in a bit. Yeah. But <laughs> the little, the little daughter in that, that kid's going to be around for a while, and the one I'm looking forward to is Outer Banks. So when my friend was a PA on that shot not too far from here and then up in the it Outer Banks. next week, I think. It's out now. Netflix, yeah. Or, yeah, okay. We it's can number three, I think. Number four. When I watched it, it said it was like number three in the world, which I like that Netflix is doing that on the app now. It's like showing no, you what, I, it's, I enjoy it. what you're getting. I think they finally realized, man, people are like really upset when they don't know what their pro, what, what the thing they worked on does. Yeah. So we're going to start telling people because I was talking to my friend about it and she was like, Did yeah, see, I didn't read scripts. Did you I don't see know what's what going finally on. finally dethroned Tiger King? What's that? Despicable Me. Yes. I was so happy. <laughs> A children's movie from like six years ago is what finally took it down because it was number one for since it came out. It's been number one. Ozark season three couldn't take it down. I thought no because I thought Ozark when I watched it when I pulled it up to see now, it, like, the big grand scale thing that you see is I think worldwide not just U.S. Mm-hmm. and then you'll see little badges on like this is number one in all of movies or this is number one uh, in the dot okay. category but number one in the U.S. or number one worldwide I think is like your yeah. your overall thing and i don't think tiger king got pushed off of that until hmm. despicable me wow okay are we done with tv yeah we can roll over all right do, do you have any uh any tunes you've been listening to in quarantine anything you want to shout out as we transition um i gotta go back to the old uh, apple um I, i'll just give you like my recent downloads just to kind of give you uh because some of them are just songs i went and downloaded the the fellow that does the uh all the music for the Safety Brothers. Daniel Lopatin. Uh, one Tricks Point Never, whatever. Yeah. On a Trick, whatever. I downloaded a bunch of his stuff. Okay. Of course, After Hours. Um, the Because uh, he the weekend put out like three more new songs and a couple remixes about a week after he dropped that. Uh, what else? Um, just because it was like annoying the shit. I mean, I wanted to hear it in full. Don't Cry by Asia was a song I've been playing a lot lately. I don't know why. I changed the radio station at work. I like the Goo Goo Dolls, man. Like, I didn't like them back <laughs> in the day. But, like, the, the you know, Broadway is dark tonight. Like, that fucking... Noah was right, man. These guys are awesome. <laughs> what happened? Taking me back. I had all those records. Seriously, I had the... I changed it from, like... I had Superstar Car Wash, the one before name, I think, that nobody even yeah. thinks about. But yeah. Like, I changed it from whatever hit station we had to a station called 7890. But it's a lot of nine. It's a lot of 90 stuff. I mean, there's Cranberries, there's Bare Naked Ladies. I've heard I Will Wait by Hooting the Blowfish like 10 times. Um, the uh, What's the... Every time I look at... Uh, it's in my face or whatever... Every, fastball Fun. yeah like i've just been like okay do you on a want trip. to pick a song to listen to now for the listeners because i got a laundry list of new albums but if you want to throw something out on this first break by all means um bleed american jimmy Eat world i've been <laughs> listening to a ton of jimmy Eat world dude okay unless you want to what, what, what have you got what, what? That, that's fine okay
right. That was it is a classic. It still Fair holds enough. up. That whole album. I didn't realize how great that album was because we did. We talked about like junior albums all that a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I was coming. I was going somewhere, and I like. I just you know I'm gonna listen to that album. Just hit, starting off with Bleed American into Praise Chorus, and then the middle. Like that's a solid. That's just like a perfect time capsule of what that genre was at that point in time. Yeah. And. I don't really, I don't even think you can even call it emo. I don't know how you like associate emo with them at all, but I know that they like kind of railed against it when they were out because it's like, it's not, it's just them. It's not, it has nothing to do with like, it's just rock music. It's just rock and roll, baby. Yeah, yeah. Rock and roll for. Didn't think we'd be talking about Jimmy World, but that's totally cool. Are we, are we ready to take the movie arc? Yeah. Out for a spin? Let's do it. Full speed ahead. I have a laundry list here, as I showed you earlier. So, I'm a, we're going to break this up in an interesting way. I'm going to give you some subcategories, okay. and then I'll tell you the movies that kind of fall into them. Okay. So, pick your category, if you will. I am Alex Trebek, by the way. I'll take new I releases. Have to, I have to give them to you. Oh, okay. But, <laughs> I was say, we have 90s nostalgia. Okay. Ding. We have... Um, the questionable rewatches. Ding. We have the trash pile. Ding. We got some new releases. Uh, and then we have some, some hey, I watched these for the first time, but they're really old movies. Whatever Ding. you want to call that. Catch up movies. How many daily doubles are there? Twelve. Okay, good. Twelve daily doubles. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you said new releases. Uh, the most recent ones I've watched. Mm-hmm. Most of these, of course, were. Purchased through streaming. I watched Vivarium, mm-hmm. Jesse Eisenberg, and Imogene Poots. I think that's their third collaboration together, second or third. They were in Art of Self-Defense together last year. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, interesting concept. Don't know fully about the execution. Basically, it's a couple that randomly decides to go like check out a house in a, in a suburb. Like, you know, maybe we should move to the suburbs, blah, blah, blah. And they drive into this thing, and it is basically every block looks the same, and it's, like, inescapable, and it kind of turns into a Twilight Zone episode, and they're just stuck there. Um, and it, it goes from there. Again, it setup is very interesting. Some, some cool visual stuff, but ultimately didn't really come together for me at all. Hmm. But a, a curio, if you will. If it's streaming somewhere for free in the future, I recommend maybe give it a give it a shot if you're a fan of those actors. Give it 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, I watched Onward, the new Pixar. It's on Disney Plus now. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe you watched it because you know it's about it's about brothers. Yeah, yeah. That is truly, really the only thing it has going for it. It does manage to get to the the Pixar tear your heart out moment, and it's centered around brothers and dads and stuff. So it it got me, and it's it's Chris Pratt and uh, Spider Man. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Tom Holland. Yeah, they're the brothers. So it. It gets there eventually, but the it had like some interesting world building and a decent setup, but it doesn't really do anything with the like modern fantasy setting. It's it's weird. Speaking of that, I need to jump back real quick. The little boy that's you need the, to you need to jump take a life. You need to take a lifeboat. Yeah, take out. a lifeboat out. Make you sure that you're on the dock. You yeah, okay. I gotta get it. The little boy best I friend. Get it. I got gots to get. Gotta get it. The uh, the little boy next door friend, Seldon the glasses. 
That kid tears me up in every Dude, I, episode I, he's There's in. a reason I didn't bring him up. I don't want to talk about... I, I, I don't, don't really want to talk about any of the kids' stuff because... It's the, so rough. The oldest son, his, like, break from the family and just being a little shit. I know. I can't stand it, yeah. first of all. But then the youngest one, Philip, which is meant to be Philip Roth, the author, because mm-hmm. the book is written from his perspective, okay. I'm pretty sure. As if he was a kid in that... Which he was, but if yeah. this alternate history happened. Anyways... So, I but any of the stuff with him being upset or whatever, and all of the stuff with Selden, the the neighbor kid, oh I can't God, deal dude. with it, dude. It's so upsetting. Yeah, like at first I'm like, oh, that's great. Like he's going off with his buddy. They're like hopping trains, like watching people. Cool. And then it's like that kid has to leave. Yeah. And then it's like him and him and the kid next door, and it's like, oh man, this is just such a fucking. Oh, it's so. And like not even realizing the implications of what he's doing when he goes and talks to his aunt until like. like until it's like, oh wait, they're leaving, and he has to like, Dude, you know, take this stamp collection. Take this! Oh my god, just, man! Just take it! Take oh it! It's like, how does she not look? Why at, I didn't want to talk. I know, about it. but Let's, you <laughs> had to bring up the Disney heartstring stuff, and I'm just like, oh, I forgot about that because yeah. I was like suppressing it. Like I don't want to bring it up either, but then you hit me with onward. So yeah, I'll um, check it out. Yeah, it's it, it'll get you there. It's not. It's not going to blow your mind. It's not like classic Pixar okay. or anything, but it's good. It's good. Uh, the the best thing I've seen as far as new releases in the midst of all of this is never, rarely, sometimes, always. Hard movie to recommend. It's twenty dollars right now. Thank you for the Amazon gift card, brother. Um, hard movie to recommend because it's not like you're going to want to rewatch it immediately or maybe ever. It might be a one and done movie. It concerns a uh, a young girl in Pennsylvania. Uh, a teenager who has an unwanted pregnancy and needs an abortion, which she cannot get in Pennsylvania. So her and her cousin travel to New York and figure it out all by themselves. Um, it's harrowing. It's re- super grounded, like neorealist, like just great stuff, fantastic performances. Not a fun movie at all. Not really a laugh in the midst of it, but some just killer acting and great directing. Uh, so I... I highly recommend it, but maybe maybe you do want to wait until you can watch it more easily because twenty dollars is a little bit of a price tag for this. I was movie. gonna say I've seen a bunch of stuff from theaters that's like twenty bucks, yeah. but I'm like, eh. A movie that is cheaper and is also new to streaming or rental, I should say, is Wendy. We had a review of it up here a little while ago from Mr. Sunshine Mayfield. It is uh, one of his favorites of the year. I think it is his favorite of the year, flat out, and one of my favorites of the year. Fantastic movie. It's from Mr. Ben Zeitland, the guy who did uh, Beast of the Southern Wild several years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a modern reimagining of the Peter Pan tale. Hmm. Probably the best like reinterpretation of it ever done, in my opinion. It is $10 on Amazon Prime and your respective video services to purchase, or you can rent it for 5 bucks. They were smart to not do the high price point because it... It had a limited release right before all this went down. I was lucky enough to see it in my local indie theater. Hmm. And then when all of these other ones started popping up, me and Mayfield had been asking each other, like, dude, why haven't they dropped this yet? Try and recoup some of their money. And I was also like, but I don't know how it's going to do at 20 bucks because, like, it was barely playing in theaters and, like, there wasn't a lot of awareness of it. Um, the other notable factor and the perfect transition. This movie was long in production. And some of the people who helped finish the final effects are some of our buddies over at Coat Wolf Productions. No. Yes. So that so explains you'll, you'll it. You'll see some crazy effects. 
That doesn't fully explain it, but I got some news for you. As you know, I'm a patron. Mm-hmm. I'm a Patreon subscriber to yes. Coat Wolf. And uh, because they've been in quarantine, Evan Glodell's been doing these weekly updates. Uh-huh, yeah, I've seen them. Oh, you've been watching? No, I mean, like, I, I see they what well, they oh, put on Instagram. On Instagram yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but I've been going in and watching them in mm-hmm. their entirety. I don't want to get your hopes up. But the plan right now, as of the last update, was that they are about to go it. They had rewatched the edit of Chuck Hank. They were very, very pleased with it. And the plan was to lock picture on it within the next few days and then go into a final crunch to finish effects, etc. All of which is stuff that people can be doing remotely. They can put their whole team into activation with the intent of delivering the movie within potentially like the next two to three months. Fuck yes. Okay. When that so movie comes get... out, if it is not, <laughs> if I don't come in my pants watching that movie. <laughs> That's what I was going to say is at this point, it is so ridiculously overhyped that I feel like it can do nothing but disappoint us. But at the same time, like I, I'm hard pressed to think of another project that you and I both collectively have been waiting for with like this much anticipation now, for this length of time. Now I, I, I had a, some friends that or well, not friends, people I know that were putting out this, this, uh, they'd already done a trailer for it. It wasn't anything, but it was this movie night run. I think I tagged you on. I don't know where that ever went. I don't know if they ever got funding to get it done or to make a few trailers, but like, that's the only other thing I could think of that was remotely like in the same vein slightly as this. Mm-hmm. And it's solely because Honestly, besides his own movie, what else has come out of there since Bellflower? Nothing. He's exactly. Working. That's he's what work- it is. He's working on Canary, which is supposed to be out before the end of this year as well, and he has a like actual deadline he has to meet on that. So yeah, no, and no, but that's but that honestly, dude, it's it, it's that's the half of it. It's not so much that like oh, this is such a crazy cool concept, all that. It's just that I loved that initial movie, putting that camera together, making it its own thing. The story, I mean, the movie's great regardless, but I mean, just just the from the technical standpoint of what they did to make it, wouldn't matter what the film was anyway. I would want to see more from those guys just from the technical aspect of how they made it. So to me, that's like a good 60% of why I'm anxious for more stuff from yeah. them is just to see what they do next. It doesn't matter how good or bad it is. Because, mm-hmm. you know, only, like I said, it's only like 40% of, oh, yeah, that looks really dope. Like the trailer I've seen for Chuck Hank and the San Diego Twins looks amazing. And I want to know what this whole movie's about. Yeah. You know, it could be, it could wind up being like Hobo with a Shotgun. Yeah. I like Hobo with a Shotgun, but it's not like something I tell people, oh, you got to watch this movie. But that's okay because it'll be the next thing, or maybe Canary will be the next thing that, that comes from him. Because I just, I like what they do. I want them or, to keep making one stuff. One of the things he's talked about in these updates is... The idea that like the reason things have taken so long in general is because he does not like to put out stuff before it's like them collectively. They don't like to put out stuff unless they feel it is like the best possible version of it that it exactly. can be. So they had a cut of it sitting on a shelf for a while because they were like, oh, we just can't crack it or whatever. And then eventually they like they went back in. Somebody else did an edit or whatever. And they were like, OK, we like cracked the code. Now we can like move forward on it. So yeah. Again, I don't want to get you too excited, but it's the most news we've had on it in the last several years. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, yeah. Leave so, it to coronavirus to make all this happen. Dude, if it only took a pandemic to potentially finally get it. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, those are, my, those are my new 
or excuse me, I left off Tiger Tail only because I've mentioned it on other cast. It's from Alan Yang, the other half of Master of None with Aziz on Netflix. This is his directorial debut. Uh, very good, straight up drama, not a laugh in it, but if you're if you're in the mood for it, it's it's a solid movie. Uh, any new releases for you? The Dead Don't Die. Fairly new, we'll count it. It's new to me. I haven't watched it yet. Well, I mean, I have some of those on here as well. I was trying to stick with like this year. Oh, but no. whatever. Tell me about it. I haven't watched it yet, but what? you enjoyed it. Oh my god, I've, I I've been it. saving it. I saw it's on Cinemax now, oh, but, so I can watch it whenever. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. That okay. was so good. It All was right. just like well, say no more. I'll watch it soon. We can talk about it next time. Yeah. Anything else you want to throw at me? You want brand, another category? Brand new that I've brand new to me that I haven't watched yet. I watched uh, War Dogs. Okay. Very interesting. Um, Very interesting. Miles Teller. I'm, I'm always interested when it's like, this is based on a true story. Is it really? Is it really based on a true story? Is that really what happened? Well, of course it's, it's not. It's volume one of Todd Phillips tries to play Martin Scorsese. What's the second one? Joker. Of course. What's the third one? <laughs> we'll see. The Scotsman? Did you hear about this whole this <laughs> story that broke like recently? Really? About Aaron... What? You're not even going to give me that one? I said, what's next? The Scotsman? And you got nothing for me? Come on. Scotsman. Irishman, Scotsman. It's a it's trying to make a stupid joke about his third. It would make sense if the... It's not the third. It Technically, was... Mean Streets is the first one, if you want to get into it. Then Goodfellas, 20 years later. And then Casino. The Irishman is technically his fourth gangster movie, if you want to get right down to it. Even though Mean Streets is not like I was just making a the, joke, a pun on the Irishman, the Scotsman. I'm just telling that's you all why I was trying to do for me. Okay, I'm just explaining. All right, that's fine. <laughs> you gotta explain the joke. Oh, something new I watched this. Well, no, I don't know if it was a new release or not. I watched Dave Chappelle accepting the thing at the Kenny thing they put on Netflix. I that shit was funny that. as hell. The Mark Twain Prize. The Mark Twain Prize. That's right. I don't know why I said Kennedy Center, but it's I, I don't know when he got it, but I feel like it just it was last re- year. I don't know if they released what I saw as it came out, but what I watched no, on Netflix thing just came out. Yeah. yeah, that's basically new this year, I guess. It's just behind the scenes of that with all the different, you know, the cutting away from people coming to talk to him. Did new. you watch the? Uh, it's just kind of in the same vein. Did you watch the SNL? We're we're off of the TV arc, excuse me. But did you watch the SNL Home Show? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Well, you you're the dude who like always keeps up with it. Now you just stop watching all this. I didn't know SNL was still going. There, I don't know how regular it's going to be, but they've done one home show so far with Tom Hanks hosting from his kitchen, <laughs> and people like yeah, they're just doing they're doing sketches through Zoom and stuff, and then some pre-recorded like Pete Davidson did a music video. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I didn't know they were still going. So honestly, I, I didn't go check it out. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's now. fun. It's the most fun SNL episode in a long time, simply because of the circumstances where it's like, yeah, maybe some of these bits wouldn't play as well. If it was a normal show, but like given that everybody's like in their little cubicle at their house in front of their laptop, yeah, it, it kind of has a certain charm to it. So I know you don't like me talking about other things I heard on other podcasts, but uh, if you and I know how you feel about Chris Hardwick, but Michael Shannon did do like a Zoom chat with him um, from his place in New York in promotion again. of the quarry or just in general. In general, I don't think they didn't really talk about the quarry as much. I mean, they did mention like it's coming out, but it was more of him like just. Kind of checking in, letting people know That's he was fine. That's what I'm debating on. Might need to be a rental for us. I don't know. It's yeah. him, and, him and Shea Wiggum. And it's a, a guy pretending to be a preacher in a small town in the South. So it sounds like something we should watch. Just uh, let me know if you were in it. 
Okay. I'll watch it. If it's under 20, I think yeah, we might course. need to do that. Okay. Um, you want to go... That you want to go into the trash pile? Or do you want to talk about some '90s nostalgia? It was interesting because War Dogs wasn't necessarily like you know. <laughs> you wouldn't let me finish my point about Joaquin <laughs> that I was going to transition into, so I was just going to fucking blaze right past it. <laughs> no, it's. Fine. Did you no. see this article that came out recently about Aronofsky's planned Batman? No, he wanted to cast Joaquin Phoenix. And it was going to be like the super dark version or whatever. And it, it was talking about the irony of like they did the studio did not want him like fundamentally was like, fuck, no, you cannot make him Bruce Wayne. And then he wins an Oscar for <laughs> playing the, the Joker. Joker. That's it's hilarious. In arguably like I think even Aronofsky have huge problems with nowadays far superior filmmaker to todd phillips i'm saying like you could see the trajectory though of like the dark gritty new yorkish like influence yeah. side of both of those that it probably would have been like and it's like but that was 10 years ago that that was supposed that was like pre-batman begins i think yeah that, that, that iteration right yeah. was possibly gonna happen um i just thought that was interesting but war dogs i saw in the theater Mm-hmm. With Brendan, if I'm not mistaken, I feel and I just remember the overwhelming feeling was just like this. Just feels like Baby Scorsese. It just feels like Goodfellas light. I I did not because he was he was trying to do this grander scale rise and fall story arc, and I just it never never fully clicked for me. Teller's good in it. Yeah, Fucking Jonah's great. I mean, yeah, Bradley Cooper's good when he shows Bradley up. Bradley Cooper for a bit. is amazing in like everything he does. Yeah, I think they're solid. I think just the movie around it and the screenplay is not like not incredible. I'm not. I'm not gonna be rewatching that one. No, it's soon. not. I mean, it's not like a, like I got a shout out from the rooftops. But you mentioned Bradley Cooper, and he does come and speak at Dave Chappelle's thing. I just said, and as he's leaving stage, he's like, "Yeah, you told me that joke about all of us at the White House, and then and I was there as like the only white guy." Motherfucker, I went with you. Like, you took me to that party. Stop telling people that I... Like, he's on stage, and that's the last thing he leaves you with. It's like, but I love you. You're a great human. Like, thank you mm-hmm. so much for, like, doing what we did. Like, talking about the the scenes in uh, Star is Born. But I just thought it was funny that he's like, you know... Bradley Cooper is a perfect transition. And to... I'm going to pick the subcategory for you. This was the the questionable rewatch. Well, I, I say questionable. I got one. Okay. I say questionable. This is what this means for me. In terms of, I remember really liking this movie. Let's reinvestigate. Okay. Let's see if it still holds up. Uh-huh. Because the year it came out, I think Silver Linings Playbook was my favorite movie of that year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to go back and look at some of the other competition. And I was like, in my mind, I remember really, really liking it. And I had also watched, in the midst of this quarantine, Flirting with Disaster, an earlier David O. Russell movie, which totally holds up and is hysterical if you've never seen it, dude. Are you talking about American Hustle? No. What are you talking? Flirting with disaster. No, 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 no. Like the one you rewatched. I rewatched Silver Lines Playbook. Oh, okay. To make sure I still liked it. Okay. It was on Netflix. And I was just good, like, right? I haven't seen it since it came out. I loved it at the time. Does it still hold up? I still really, really like it. I still, and I feel like I felt this at the time. Jennifer Lawrence is way too fucking young to be playing that character. Yeah. I don't buy her as a once divorced, like, or a widowed, divorce. I forget. She just. He's dead. Like, he died of she, Yeah. She needs to be, like, five or six years older. And, like, the character's written that way. It's literally just a disconnect between, like, I don't buy her as this character. It feels like she's reaching whenever she's trying to, like, play tough or, or gritty or whatever. Other than that, De Niro's fantastic. And it's Shea Wiggum as the brother shows up. Chris Tucker. Um, dude, has Cochiloco. <laughs> the crazy pig. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, Mike Ortiz shows up. Uh, or John Ortiz, not Mike Ortiz. Uh, yes, John Ortiz is in it as his buddy. Oh, yeah. She's like, sometimes I go in the garage. Look at Metallica, man. <laughs> You mean uh, Jose Lira? What? Jose Yero? Jose Yero? Is that him? John Ortiz? Isn't he Jose Yero in fucking Miami? I thought, yeah, Cochi Loco, the okay. crazy pig. Okay. Is he Jose Yero or is Yero the top dude? Who's the top dude? No, because he says, who are you, Jose Yero? They're going to talk about like, oh, that's Jose Yero. He got splattered on his own wall. That's right. Yeah. yeah I can't, I'm trying to think of who the next, the next line is. I could tell you The that big guy who they don't get. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You never get the big dog. Anyways, John Ortiz is in Silver Line. It, it held up for me. Yeah. Long story short. But I wanted to say, Flirting with Disaster, if you've never seen it. But mark it down right now. Ben Stiller, Tay Leone, um, Patricia Arquette, Josh Brolin, and... Dude. Oh my god. Why? Richard Jenkins. <laughs> iconic dude i forgot that he was in it and then it like started to click before they got to the third act and i was like oh i was like oh wait he's like totally comes in and steals this entire movie and he 100 percent does that is one of my favorite richard jenkins performances go go back and watch it dude okay so that one that one held up that was a questionable rewatch you said you had one it probably wasn't the same definition but no what, no what, question about the thing remake Oh, okay. When we got Cinemax. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I mean, I still say you just, you substitute some of the CG for an actual, like, you know. I think that was our, per- yeah. when we did our thing episode, which I'll go ahead and tease this. We're coming up on our anniversary. We're going to have three years worth of podcasts. We're going to start doing Flashback Fridays. Give do it. Give people extra pods every week. Yeah. And the kickoff is going to be the thing. Yeah. Might from as our well. Carpentry we don't have to keep key. it in chronological order. No, yeah, I'm gonna jump around. You're gonna get like you're gonna get some Manhunters one week because the plan is I'm gonna retire um, some of the old feeds. Yeah, and of course. I'll they'll take them out of public circulation, but you'll still get Flashback Friday episodes, and then you can go to the Patreon if you want to listen to everything. Speaking of which, dude, but now I'm like maybe I need to leave the movie arc up because you know what had a huge resurgence last week? What people started listening to Manhunters out of nowhere. Did his book drop? I don't know, but the Heat episode bumped up. So that may have happened. Mm-hmm. We had a jump on the heat episode, but we had people all over the Manhunters feed, man. Hmm. Yeah, we had like 50, 50 individual downloads. That's crazy. Of just the just the Manhunters run. I was so happy. So yeah, people are catching up to it. Plug for Manhunters over on the, the oh, movie this episode. is why, bro. Did it drop? No, it turned twenty five years old. Oh god, I got really scared that you were about to be like, "Cause Michael Mann just died no. or something." <laughs> Holy shit! Oh, the twenty fifth anniversary. Yeah, April 14th, we 2020, dude. We should have reposted yeah. about it, but people found it anyways. Yeah, so that's... Good. I mean, people people, prob- people yeah. went and listened to the Blank Check episode. They listened to the Rewatchables episode, both of them. They've done it twice on the Rewatchables, and then they were like, yeah, what else is left? I need more heat content. And then they found us, dude. They probably went to the Federalist, too. This then is a podcast page stating well, 25 years. Well, there you years. go. <laughs> so. Hey, man. You're not. It's not bad if you're number four out of ten. And I just Michael imagine Mann a lot podcast. of people starting it and being like, "Fucking heat podcast, yeah." And then like, "Who the fuck are these guys? Why I've never heard of this." Yeah. This? But then obviously some of them stuck around and went to other episodes, which is awesome. What? But Heat was definitely the kickoff because it had more listens than anything else, and then some trickles to, to mm. other stuff. Yeah, because I rewatched Thief too. It's not a questionable one, but it was on. The Insider jumped up notably, I think, because people were just like Pacino and Man. Yeah. Pacino and Man. Might as well. 
All right. Thief definitely still holds up. It wasn't a questionable thing. I was just saying that I rewatched it. Um, oh, incredible. And that's what you teased beforehand that you were going to, maybe we should say it. You said you were going to watch a movie by a particular director mm-hmm. and I suggested one. Yeah, but they cost money. I'm not doing it. Do you know what I did? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rent that one. Listen. But it has a tie-in with Thief is why I'm trying to. Oh, is it something with James Caan in it? Yeah. Is James Caan in one of those movies? James Caan's in Bottle Rocket. James Caan helped get Bottle Rocket made. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll probably, yeah, I'll watch that one. Yeah. Without, because here's the thing, man. I'm saying I'm that, you know, that is the one I could pick out of the filmography that I was like, Gavin would legit like this movie if he would no, sit I'd down like, and watch I'd, it. No, I like, I'll, I'll get down off the horse a bit. The Life Aquatic, that's a, it's a, I was going to say, and that's the movie. other one because of Bill Murray. And the just, I mean, all the Bill Murray ones I think I'm going to like, but just because it's Bill Murray. Like, I watch Meatballs. all of them. He's not in all of them. He is in all of them. Really? How? Yes. Oh. I mean, just in watch. every... I'm trying to think of a Wes Anderson movie that he does not appear in. Now, some roles are smaller than others. Yeah. But he's been in everything. He was even in Mr. Fox, like he did a voice? Yeah. Wow. He's the mole. Oh, okay. He's like... Or a badger? I forget. I don't know. Him and Clooney are like best buds in it. I didn't put these down, but I watched Meatballs with Bill Murray. Fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I also watched Meatballs 4 with Corey Feldman. Oh, my God, dude. It's just... I can just watch White Hot American Summer because you already got the primers. Yeah. Okay. But what I'm saying is these reviews that I'm going to give you, they're not going to be like... If I don't like it at all, it's going to be... It's going to be bad. That's totally fine. Like, really pretentious. You think I'm going to hold back on your boy, Paul W.S. Anderson? You can't... you, You... I... I... Try, just try, <laughs> try to come up with something. Do you know why we were talking about this for off mic? Do you know why he directed every single Resident Evil movie? Because he didn't want the quality to improve at all. <laughs> because he went to go do Event Horizon, and in a rush to try and grab cash and keep the rights, they rushed out Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and he they took his sequel away from. Him. He decided then that if he was going to start another movie that may be a franchise, he wanted hands on directions respect <laughs> now that means that you can't say oh man this guy drove this shit to the ground like it's his own, he, but he'll own it and the main reason is the studio he went to go do event horizon they didn't you know didn't want to try and compromise wait a year so he didn't have any hands-on with annihilation and publicly at the 25th anniversary of the first mortal Kombat, they said yeah we hate this movie I hate that I wasn't able to do it. I wanted to, but I also had this... I, I went off and did Event Horizon, which I love doing. And that's why I've decided... Like, ever, ever since then, if I did a movie and it was a, something with a franchise, I stuck with it because I wanted to be at the helm and have control over where that series went because I feel like it's doing a disservice to people who actually like it. That's, and if, I, if it winds up being shitty, yeah, it's on him too, but I can respect that. I was going to say, that's one of the more compelling cases I've heard for why you would devote that much of your career. To... Plus, it's like your wife and like probably yeah. it's the only thing she's doing. Like, she's not really anything else because she's had babies and stuff. So, you're like, you're just like, it's like, some, come on, man. That's got to be cute, too. Something you and your wife can do once a year. You can go off to, like, take a vacation, make a movie, come back. It doesn't yeah. matter if people like or love it. You already got paid. Yeah. Yeah. Tell Isn't me one of the professions. Sweet you can... gig. Yeah. Okay. All right. You want to go to the trash pile? Sure. Let's go to the trash pile. I watched Idiocracy. Literal trash no. pile. It's a oh, great okay. movie, but say, it's like the Idiocracy is fucking pile. incredible. It is, dude. What I'm, are we talking about? Here? I've heard so much about that movie. I was like, this is not going to be... You'd never seen it? I'd never seen it before. So when we got 
was it Showtime or Cinemax? As soon as mom was like Cinemax, I was like, yo, there's a lot of good shit on this on Cinemax. And I, I was like, why did I never see this before? There's such, it's just, it's pure fucking gold, man. But I only said she, trash because of the actual, like. You would, you would probably never be able to get her to do this because it just has to happen randomly or whatever. But randomly, she she'll do Dax Shepard for videography. <laughs> Stand here, I'm baiting. I'm baiting. <laughs> <laughs> oh she my god will drop that in the perfect voice every once in a while and it i yeah that's fucking hilarious well it's funny because like i said thinking about justin long too <laughs> yeah man you screwed oh. <laughs> the tattoos on his eyes uh it's great stuff and i get like every single mike judge movie it's just like 20 or 10 15 years ahead of its time exactly. it's just, just so like, brilliant that you people are like this is bad, right? Like, this is dumb. No. And then, like, five years later, they're like, this is, like, the, the smartest comedy ever, ever made. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, because, you know, I like money and stuff. But you realize that, you know, if this was just a ride, I would never be able to go back in time and, like, make you a <laughs> movie. <laughs> yeah. Fucking um, Terry Crews. Like, it's all, that movie, yeah, like, I'm going to watch it again. Yeah. It's Dude. so fucking good. And, um, I mentioned, Maya Rudolph. I mentioned it earlier. I'm sorry. I'm going, taking the, the lifeboat back to the TV arc. For no, a you're second. fine. Because we've we've referenced Luke Wilson a couple different times. Mm-hmm. A guy I've always liked in general, but I've never been like really truly blown away by that I can think of off the top of my head. He is um, Laura Dern's ex husband on Enlightened, the HBO show we've been watching. Yeah. Best thing he's ever done. Really? Like, and getting to see him like actually play a character long form, like I know he did the Cameron Crow Roadie show, which I still have not been able to bring myself to watch. Um, but he's great on it and he particularly he had like a highlight episode that was also normally it's all from Laura Dern's perspective, but they had like a standalone episode that kinda went off with him. Mm-hmm. By the way, Diane Ladd, her actual mom, plays her mom in the show. They did like an episode with just her for a bit. It's it's fucking great. I love it. But yeah, probably the best work luke wilson's ever done on that show and i feel like not enough people saw it because it you know it got canceled early and shit so hmm. go seek that out if you're a luke wilson fan idiocracy is amazing were you gonna throw you were just making a trash pile joke i was making a trash like a little trash pile because i can't okay. really bring myself um, to to say that dark phoenix is like a trash pile one because it's also new to me and didn't see I it i didn't like, watch it yet we'll see we'll see i just feel like after days of future past you just gotta stop i mean yeah it's okay. You don't have to do one for each decade. I okay. I only had like a couple super bad ones I'm seeing in here. Um, the Good Son. <laughs> Rewatch that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I say I kept that out of '90s nostalgia because it doesn't count. Um, what a oh man, what a weird one. That is weird. Like even weirder that like it's kind of like your normal '90s like you know such and such from hell thriller like hand the rocks the cradle or like something like that but with kids dude doesn't it, doesn't elijah wood like drop him in a uh a, a frozen lake at the end or something no the macaulay tries to kill his sister his actual sister Ooh. like in real life um by chucking her into like the the thin ice out at the ice rink and then elijah wood has to attempt to save her which they do get her out and then they never go back to that character again okay and then she disappears how what her. happens in the end it's been um, years the since mom I've seen it. basically has both of them off a cliff, and she has to choose like which one she's gonna save, and and Macaulay drops. Okay, and she saves Elijah Wood, who the whole time has been like, "You're my mom," 
you're the reincarnation of my mom. It's the only really weird thing about that movie is he is obsessed with, like, he thinks that his aunt, his mom dies at the beginning or whatever, yeah. of cancer, and he's convinced that, like, she has come back in the form of the aunt to protect him and be with him and shit. It's and the aunt weird. is Macaulay Culkin's real mom? Yes. So Not the- in... In the context of the movie, yes. Yeah, so like she lets her own son, who's a terrible piece of shit, Yeah, she realizes by that point, even though they've been, you know, they haven't believed Elijah Wood the whole time. Yeah. Eventually she realizes that, oh, Macaulay actually killed my other son because she's lost a son. Mm -hmm. And he drowned him in the bathtub. The only thing I remember about that movie, and the only time I think about it, is when I listen to Kid Cudi. Because there's some clips from that about you can fly and like no one can touch you and stuff at the beginning of Indicut. And that's it. Yeah. It's the only time I ever think about that movie. It's weird. I mean... I remember that because it, it was one we couldn't watch. It was like, wait a minute, Macaulay Culkin's in a movie and we te- can't fucking watch it. I was telling Veronica this when we were watching it because I was like, you don't understand. Like when I finally got to this, it was such a big deal because we would go buy this movie on the shelf constantly and it was like... Why is there a movie with Macaulay that we're not allowed to see? Yeah. Like, what's so bad about it? And then, dude, the introduction to him is he's wearing, like, a fucking crepe paper, like, Michael Myers mask from, like, the Rob Zombie version. Oh, shit. He just, like, pokes his head down the stairs and shit. And you just want to be like, dude, don't stay. Why? David Morse, don't leave your kid. <laughs> Take Elijah Wood on the trip with you. Don't no. This is not okay. Oh, that's right. Because I forgot David Morris is David the dad. Morris is the dad who just drops him off with some no name curly haired dude, which is his brother. I don't know. Okay, um, the hot chick. It's a guilty pleasure favorite oh, of come Veronica's. On, man. It's so so good. maybe not trash pile. It's got some moments, particularly one of the best Sandler cameos ever. Which yeah, you can put your weed in there. Hey, yeah, and right here. Yeah, you can put your weed in there. Like it goes on for like five minutes. It's so ridiculous. I think you could. You could. Can you stop playing the bongos? There is. Sorry. There is a podcast there. That short brief time where like Rob Schneider was everywhere. That's already been done. Has it? Well, okay. I haven't listened to any of these yet, but it is called um, Adam Sandler. Please stop is the name of the podcast. Oh. And after they went through his entire filmography, they started going into okay. Now we're doing the Friends. We're doing all the Schneider movies. We're oh. doing all the Happy Madison. Yeah, but like there's a stuff. there's that brief period in time where like Rob Schneider's on like the king of the world <laughs> in that in that group. Like he's got you know raunchy R rated comedies making all that money. Gigolo, male gigolo, and two of them. The, yeah, the Gigolo's. hot chick. Yeah. Um. So yeah, maybe not trash pile for that one. Did I watch anything else that's like straight up bad that was a guilty pleasure? Maybe not. Okay. I'm going to hit you with some 90s nostalgia. We're just going to burn through these. Do it. Fear. Yes. Hackers. Rumble in the motherfucking Bronx. Bronx. Bullworth. Yes. Con Air. Oh, put the bunny back in the box. Flirting with Disaster already mentioned that. Drop Dead Fred. Is that on the cusp? Is that 80s? That's, that's mm, 90, 91? I think it's 90. Drop Dead Fred. Uh, oh, Trash Pile. Meet the Flockers just needed i needed a, a bad nero comedy i, th- I just you, come you don't off go flirting with disaster over... so i never watched the third one watch it and see because i think little fockers makes meet the fuckers oh okay yeah it makes it look better by comparison yes. of it being so bad then i'm not gonna watch it okay i mainly there's one good scene in it which is where he gives ben stiller the truth serum and he gives a speech in front of everybody oh that's it i like that it's dustin so hoffman does capoeira yeah because i watched only the strong you watched that during this? I still have yes. the DVD that you got me. Good. I haven't, we haven't rewatched it yet. I've been trying to talk her into it. 
Um, where did we stop? Where did we stop? 90s nostalgia, right? Mm-hmm. Total Recall? It's 1990, That is correct? right, yeah. You th- I think it's an 80s. Because it's, right. it, it's right at the tail end. It's right before everything changed, but it is 19 motherfucking 90. Enemy of the State. Oh, my God. I got to say, of all the stuff I rewatched, I forgot like what an electric movie that is. It is. I believe that's a Tony so Scott fun. joint, isn't it? It, it, it mm-hmm. 100% is. Yep. Yep. Um, Mortal Kombat, the aforementioned Mortal Kombat, As and Annihilation. I did both of those as well. Um, I think that was it for the '90s nostalgia. Let me make sure I don't have any others from the '90s on here. I just wrote down what I want. Eh, nope. Okay. Oh, Anaconda. We said uh, Anaconda was a 20-minute watch because she was. I was like, hey, it's fun and it's bad and everything, and she just she didn't get hooked into it, and we started watching something else. Main ones I want to shout out here. Hackers is still hackers, whatever. Fear, what a fun rewatch. Dude, dude. that is so I haven't so watched Fear in good. such a long time. Just to the point... Bill of, Peterson, dude. Yes. Killing it. Willie P. Just the, the what is it? The Maureen Ponderosa. Oh, dude, that's Fear. She's doing Fear. Like, just that <laughs> of it all, it uh, makes it so I much better. sometimes will pick movies based on, like, I know she knows the references to these. From other stuff? But she stuff? hasn't seen it. And I was like, the second we watch Fear and he starts doing the chest beating, like, she's going to be like, oh, shit. Because they've it's been referenced multiple times in Sunny. It's that scene, but they've yeah. done it a couple more times mm-hmm. since then. Um, Con Air still totally holds up. Rumble in the Bronx, fantastic. I also did. Oh, I did. I had done Rush Hour one like a while ago before all this happened. Did you do Rush Hour two? I, I went and watched Rush Hour two. Does it not? Is it not just? It pretty much takes everything that works about the first one and just trims the fat of like the kind of political bureaucracy and like them not being respected and like having to deal with the higher ups. Mm-hmm. It just kind of cuts that out because they just give you Harris Yulin like yelling at them one time yeah. in Rush Hour 2. And then it's pretty much just like they can just go have their adventure. Is that the but, same dude that's questioning what's his face in uh, Big Trouble in the opening? Or is it Rip Torn? That's, it's not Rip Torn. It's neither one of those people. Harris Yulin is the judge from Ghostbusters 2. You sure he's not the one questioning Positive. Victor Wong? I, if you want to look up the Big Trouble up, cast, you go right ahead. You do that. I feel like it is. I may be wrong, but keep going. Okay. Um, what else I got on here? Bullworth. If you've never seen Bullworth, it holds up, weirdly enough. Um, I kind of wish we had a few more political comedies like that uh, more recently. She's the Man with uh, Amanda Bynes. Yeah. That's kind of a good, and Shannon Tate, Tate Young. That was a uh, little throwback. I hope she's doing okay. Going really, f- I think she turned the corner. I hope so. What I, I never checked after a while. Uh, I, was just I went, like, Meh. I went pretty far back. All the bonds are streaming right now, so I watched a little from Russia with Love, one of my favorites. A little eighties nostalgia, a little Tangerine Dream action, Ooh. a little risky business. Yes. They finally put it on Hulu through Showtime or something like that. I forget. So, uh, yeah. Rewatched that for the first time in forever, probably since high school. Phone booth. Colin Farrell, Joel Schumacher. You remember, remember that one? Yeah. yeah. I remember because apparently you want to talk like, about a solid hour and twenty minute movie, just a brisk little thriller. It's it's still pretty much old. It's this dude. 
You said neither one of them. You're right. Yeah. I know. I know my hair. You is know Hewitt. Jerry Harden when you see him, don't you? <laughs> I know my hair is Hewitt. Uh Baby Driver. Gave it a spin. First time in a while. Uh, How you feeling? Well, and this came up on a We Hate Movies episode that I was re-listening to recently. That, I forget that what Ansel Elcourt should have been Han Solo. Yeah. No, they were talking about the spacey factor. Uh huh. And they basically came to the conclusion that it's totally fine to rewatch any of his movies as long as he meets a violent death by the end of it. Or he's like a complete irredeemable piece of shit through the whole thing. So Baby Driver qualifies because he, as you will recall, gets hit by a car very violently and then gets reversed over by John Hamm very mm-hmm. brutally as well. Yes. So it's okay. I'm trying to think of other ones where he, I mean, well, um, does, does that count for American Beauty or no? He dies by the end of it. But yeah. you're meant to empathize and like care about his struggle, and that movie's got way more complicated things going on than just the fact that he's in it at this point. What about Twenty One? Um, I think he gets skipped taken. It. Oh, you skipped it. Skipped it. I think he gets taken <laughs> off by like Lawrence Fishburne and whoever's like I don't know if he goes to jail or of dies. Of course, but... you've seen Twenty One. Why would I not? It's the guy from Across the Universe. You don't even Jim Sturgis. That's how much I don't. That's how much I avoid his movies is i need to know what he's in so i cannot watch it that's why i haven't seen that one and why is that because you just don't like him or you didn't like a lacrosse universe whatever man he's he's never gonna lead a movie that i'm gonna be interested in just being real okay sorry that's i mean apologies to 21 (laughs) apologies to everyone involved you know Um, at this point we should just make a giant list that each of us has never seen and just force each other. one has to watch one each week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know all the Wes Anderson. Very boring for everybody. I know we're just naming movies, but I, let me finish burning through this list really quick. Go for it. Okay. Mad Max two and three, they're covering George Miller over on Blank Check. Okay, that makes great sense. run right now. But yeah, I did two and three back to back. Thunderdome is fucking great. I don't know why it's like. I mean, I agree. It's not. I like it better than the first one, though. Of course, yeah. I mean, I I love the first one, but I go Fury Road, Road Warrior, Thunderdome, Mad Max. Right. In that order, personally. So, yeah. And this is going to be interesting because I have never seen Witches of Eastwick, Mm -hmm. which is the next one up. I've never seen Lorenzo's Oil. I have not seen Babe since I was a very small child. And I think that movie probably plays better for adults. Probably, yeah. Um, And then you got Happy Feet 1 and 2 and then Fury Road. So, it's going to be an interesting run. I've never really, like, Lorenzo's Oil, I guess, is the big one, and Witches of Eastwick. I've just, like, never, just never saw I feel like I've seen, like, bits and pieces of Witches of Eastwick a long time so ago. We're watching that today, actually, because as soon as I told Veronica, it's Michelle Pfeiffer, Susan Sarandon, I forget the third witch, and Jack Nicholson, and she was like, I'll watch that. <laughs> is it Bette Midler? Maybe. Or no, it's that. That's Hocus Pocus. Dude, I don't know. It could have been. <laughs> Ah, it could have been okay. Um, Jesus, this it, I told you guys it was a laundry list. Oh, brother, where art thou? Yeah, first time in a while. Prince Avalanche. Do you remember Prince Avalanche? Mm. You should go check this one out if you've never seen it. Small little movie from Mr. David Gordon Green, who gave us Halloween, Halloween. It's Cher. 18. The other witch is Cher. Cher, Cher, Susan's Rannon, and Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, that's right. Speaking of David Gordon Green, The Sitter. I watched that. I rewatched The Sitter as well. It's actually pretty it, good. It's I'm a t- solid little yeah. comedy. It could probably have a few more 
man, it's tough, but uh, Sam Rockwell, no- dude. My name's Noah J. Bird. <laughs> uh, the scene where he goes into the bar is the best. That's as good as it gets. But Rockwell. Sam Rockwell is the. Um, <laughs> what is the what is the line he says right before they start? He's like, let's put a finger in my butt. Let's fart, let's fart, fart <laughs> the fart the <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. It's it feels totally improv, and it's like, dude, they just ask him to come down for like a day and just do all this. That's my he's my favorite. Yeah, character. it's him and JB Smooth yes. like paired together. Yeah, it has its moments. Yeah, it, it definitely. It's one of those that simultaneously like too short and not long, like not long enough, but also too short. Yes, too, yeah, but also too long. Like I don't yeah. know, but it has its moments and very odd to look at because as soon as we turn it on, Veronica's like whoa like what when did he ever get that big and it really is that is the largest i think jonah ever was and it is like night and day when you look at him now he's like he's like a third of that person it's crazy but yeah that's the thing because i feel like 21 and 22 jump street were a dogs, thing, which you mentioned as well is the all... last time he's you know he's that big but i, I feel like war dogs was filmed before he got really skinny. I think War Dogs sat for a bit or something yeah, like that. Yeah, probably. Miles Teller even looks like a little too young. For, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. I'm not trying to fat him. I was trying to give him a roundabout compliment. But yes, in The Sitter, I think that was maybe the largest he had I ever I feel like that. Because I, mean, that, that, I remember watching trailers for it. much healthier. And I'd see TV spots and be like, oh shit, that's coming out. And then just, eh. And then the next time I remember seeing him, I was like, dude. He's lost a fuck ton of weight. Like, yeah. that's awesome. And I also feel bad because I think he's talked publicly about, like, how he hates that everybody always has to talk about his weight. So I just want to go out of our way to say, one of our great living actors, and we all love Jonah Hill, and he's great. Schmidt fucked the captain's <laughs> daughter. <laughs> Captain, you high-fived him. <laughs> Why every time he talk, I want to throw the fuck up. <laughs> Prince Avalanche is Paul Rudd and... Slightly complicated figure still. Emil Hirsch. You keep throwing all this like people are bad stuff. Keep, you don't keep up with this news and I just feel I like we have to throw out the caveats. I'm working. Uh, it, doesn't need, <laughs> it doesn't need to be tacit endorsements. I'm just You have to at least acknowledge it so that you're aware of it. That's all I'm saying. Don't you think listeners would love for you to explain what the problem is to me? Because I have no I idea totally, what you're talking about. I totally about. will. This was like, I believe like... 2010-ish. Mm-hmm. This is like, you know, he had had Speed Racer, which didn't quite do that well, but End of the Wild was extremely well-respected. and like Alpha Dog? He had been... He was kind of maybe the next dude, the next Sean Penn, the next whatever. Yeah. He... I forget what the context was. I don't know how it escalated, but I believe it was at a film festival. A female journalist asked him a question that he did not appreciate, and he attempted to strangle her. Like, physically assault and strangle this woman. Okay. So, we'll put that in the category of Dr. Dre shit. And you just tell me that next time. Next time there's a problem with somebody, just be like, Dr. Dre shit. Okay, cool. I get it. All right? I know what happened. Move on. Okay? If it's anything else, you could be like, me too shit. Okay, Okay. great. Got it. So, as far as I know, we've never heard anything about, like, sexual assault allegations or anything like that associated with them. No. It was a one assault case against a, again... The only reason it probably even becomes a news story is because, again, female journalists. I feel like if he gets in a fight with a male journalist, it's not a story. It does not taint the career, etc. I'm not saying he should be forgiven for it. I don't know all the context. I don't know what she was asking him about. Like if she had figured, 
discovered something or like something that was a hot button issue for him and he didn't want to talk about it. I don't know. This was years ago. But everybody always brings it up whenever they mention him. So I just I felt like I had to mention it. That's Shit. cool. Still what so, a, good what? actor, good actor in this movie. Prince Avalanche is a very small movie set in the eighties. It's just the two of them out on the road. They are they're painting a highway. Yeah, yeah. I saw yeah. it. You saw it? No, no, I saw like that you watched it. <laughs> okay. It's old? Or is it new? It's 2015, something Okay. Like I couldn't years remember when ago. It, I couldn't it got kind of lost in the shuffle. It's yeah. a lesser David Gordon Green movie. Not as many people know it. Yeah. It's a solid little like slice of life comedy that nothing's really overplayed about it. It's really, really, really solid. The main attraction, Explosion in the Sky does the entire soundtrack for I will be watching it shortly. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Because so. they haven't put out an album in a while. It's been a bit. Uh, Pitch Perfect, never seen it. Watch that. Talked about it with Mayfield last episode. Whatever. Uh, rewatch Valley Girl with Nick Cage because they're doing that stupid musical remake of it. Oh, so God. I just wanted to give that Did a you ever see again. Stick It? Nope. Never saw Stuck. What? Stick it. it. Stick It. It's the, the gymnastics one. one. No, the gymnastics Excuse one. Excuse me, I never saw it. With Jeff Bridges? Never saw it. Oh, dude, you should watch it. It's real He's good. He's a gymnastics coach. He is. Right. I don't know if the girl who was in it ever did anything else again. But it's got that, like, bring it on vibe of, like, I don't know what it is. I can't explain <laughs> it to you. Gavin's gesturing a lot like, right oh, now. Like, fuck yeah. But, like, it's it. dope. You should watch it. Okay. Um, True Beverly Hills. <laughs> She's been begging me to watch True Beverly Hills for forever. Uh-huh. I hadn't seen it since, like, Disney Channel yeah. years ago. Really good movie. Yeah. It really holds up, actually. Um, That's why I can never baby really see Carla Gugino in that movie. Yeah. Um baby jenny lewis you got baby um she was on kelly something she was on er she's she gets stabbed carter's lady i know who you're talking about you know i'm talking about. i couldn't tell you her name her name is kelly mcdonald no kelly mcdonald's from no country um it's something kelly m i've she was on er lucy okay. yeah lucy, yeah, lucy thank you yeah lucy from er and of course, Shelley Long's the lead in it, and Craig T. Nelson as her as her husband. Mm-hmm. I just I didn't remember hardly anything about it. Just a charming little movie. There's no like you forget. There's no like infighting between the girls. Like you think it's gonna be like oh the troop has to like become friends before they could be. It's all just them battling against like all these other wilderness girls who just like mm-hmm. think that they're shit. See, I they're wanted, rich. I wanted like, to yeah. watch the one that just came out on Amazon. Was it Troop Zero or whatever it is with uh, Viola Davis? Which we're gonna. Which literally the trailer for that came up right after we finished yeah, watching True Beverly Hills, and I was like, "Do you want to watch that? Because it's got Allison Janney's yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Viola Davis, Jeff, but also she's not in the Jim um, Gaffigan. Yeah, she's not listed in the cast in the trailer, but Edie Patterson from Gemstones is in okay, there. and that was the other selling point because she's like our new favorite comedian. She's incredible. Um, Contagion. <laughs> finally. I'm. I am honestly so glad that I waited till this point into this to watch it. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you watched it early on, it would maybe be a little more alarmist or a little more terrifying. Watching it now, it's crazy how much it like. You you hear the terms like social distancing. You see people holding up in their houses. You see like making the prom for the daughter and everything. You see how it spreads. You see the government response, the deciding like whether to close schools. You see the looting start, like all of that shit. But that's the comforting thing ultimately about watching it now is you see how fast everything escalates in that movie. And like 30 days in, 
it's real bleak, like really, really bleak. And you just you kind of step back from it. And you're like, all right, well, we're, you know, we're not there yet. We're not, no. you know. But yeah, no, I get what you're saying because if you watch it before I, any of yeah. this happens, you're like, we're all dead. This is it. And I still feel like it might be like. And I will say, just watching again, I was like, I forgot how just effective every. It's so it's so economically told, but the way he like just shows the spread of it, like especially in the first 10, 15 minutes, mm-hmm. it's it's some of the best like. Just and holding out to that last shot there, of you know of revealing how it actually happened. Yeah, and then you forget everybody's phenomenal in it, but Jennifer Eel like or Ely totally steals the show. She's the one who, um, she's at the CDC proper. I'm pretty sure it's her and um, he's a stand up. I forget his name. Damn it. Never mind. Anyways. She's the one who eventually injects herself with the virus to like, or the vaccine mm-hmm. to make sure that it works. Oh, because they're so, yeah. Yeah, and gives it to her dad who's suffering at the moment or whatever. But she, I'm watching it the whole time. I was like, have I seen her in anything else without, because she, I don't know how much intentional it is, but if you told me that she was Meryl Streep's daughter and not Meryl Streep's actual daughter, I would totally, totally buy it. Because mm-hmm. there are moments in this where I was like, it feels like eighties era, like Meryl Streep, hundred percent. It's crazy. She's great mm-hmm. in it. Everybody's great in it. So yeah, I finally took the plunge back into Contagion. Not as not as scary as I maybe thought it was gonna be when we recorded our, our first episode in yeah. the midst of all of this. Um Did I mention Wild Things? I mean it's not in the 90s nostalgia, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. No, you didn't oh, I was that. done with the trash pile a long time ago. I know, I'm just saying, are you you saying this is 90s nostalgia? I mean, you were done with that, but no, you didn't mention it during 90s nostalgia. No, I didn't. I, 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 think I was thinking the, about Denise Richards the other day, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I don't know why. It just popped into my head. It just crops up in your brain. She yeah. does. Um, I think I literally mentioned almost everything that I had, that I have rewatched since the last time that you and I spoke. Um. Let me make sure I did. Except for I do have two 70s uh, throwbacks that I got to that were new watches for me. I got Excuse me, three. I have 190s nostalgia I redid. Forgot to tell you about it. Hit it on it. Lay it. Hit it. Do it. <laughs> Say it. The Big Green. I've been waiting to watch The Big Green. I haven't gotten to it. It's still... Like, it's still on Disney+. Plus. Dude, I can... Yeah. No, it's on like Prime or Showtime. Somebody's or got it. Yeah. I can just... I didn't even watch it. I just lit, like it was just on in my background at certain points. I was just like, yep, I can picture myself watching it with you on a TV screen that's somewhere more, else. I mean, that's it's one, one of, of the best things about it. Dude. Buried in my brain. It's, it's, yeah. It's, that's at least a 20 timer, I'm sure. When yeah. We were kids. Goots, Goots is killing Goots, it, man. man. And then who's the, what else was she in? She was. Is that Olivia Dabo? I don't know. I think is she that was the sister from Wonder Years. I think it is, honestly. As we both furiously pull up our IMDb apps, it sure is. Yeah, that's like Olivia Dabo. And um, was she a Bond girl at some point? She was in a Bond. She was in Conan the Destroyer. She was in La Femme Nikita Light, aka hmm. Point of No Return. <laughs> um, and Nikita Light. And I mean that it is I'm I'm correct there, right? 
What? Point of No Return is a remake, right? Yeah, it's the American La Femme Nikita. Okay. Yeah, you're right. That's, they, a, that's why I laughed at it. Weird that he's allowed to get writing credit on that, but he has fucked over so many other filmmakers for like stealing their concepts and ideas. But anyways. Well, he's also paid out, didn't he? Like, I thought he paid out. Yeah. I thought he had to pay out John Carpenter for... Uh... He's had to pay off some people for, for some other stuff, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Um. Okay. I watched Lady Snowblood. Um, old classic 70s samurai movie. So not really samurai, but... A hack and slash epic, if you will. Heavily influential on Kill Bill. Um... A lot of the same filmmaking crew that was involved in the Lone Wolf and Cub series. That's why I checked this one out. It's available on Criterion. and has uh, both Lady Snowblood movies uh, packaged together. I haven't watched the second one yet, but the first one was really good. Uh, I finally watched Cruising, a movie that has long eluded me from Mr. William Friedkin. Pacino investigating mm-hmm. the leather bars in uh, 70s New York. Mm-hmm. It comes out in 1980, but it's basically late 70s in the movie. I understand why it was controversial in the day. I get it. There's, it's got some issues around it. Pretty effective little thriller. I, I enjoyed yeah. it quite a bit. Um, and the last one I watched this last night. You ever seen Night Moves? With old Gene Hackman? And Harris Eulin? <laughs> I feel like a long time ago I watched that. You. This would be right up your alley. I'll send you home with it, actually. He's a um, he's a private dick. Who? J- There's a young young girl who went missing. He's got to track her down tale as old as time uh but a huge chunk of it he's got to go down to florida see what she's doing you're gonna like there's it. another one that you, just that just popped like up it. i added on the list with ed harris and Malin stowe about uh, china moon, china moon. Yeah. do you ever see that nope <laughs> the thing i love just as a caveat before we get out of here i love that like every trailer it seems like in the 90s that his name was Don LaFontaine, wasn't it? That's the voices of the other guy. Don LaFontaine, yeah. yeah, the trailer guy. Every in a world, yeah, yeah. Every single trailer, it feels like on Amazon, he does the voice of. And watching the trailer, I'm like, how is this not the biggest fucking thing of that year? Yeah, like the one with the one I watched. I don't know if I took with Peter Peter uh, Weller and Sam Elliott about like corrupt cops in New York. It came out late '80s, early '90s. Was the other one beside I you you can figure it out. The trailer for that, like at the end, it's like, um, whatever you do, don't call the police. Like, and I'm like, this has got to be like one of the biggest action movies of its year. Why is this not? Why is I? Why have I never heard of this? And then I watch. I'm like, it's not bad, but it's not. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's not like over the top amazing. But it's still really fucking good. It just I love that. I don't know if they have like a. A voice generator and they just go back and do everything with with that guy's voice but every trailer i watch on amazon that's from like a n- mid to late 80s and then of course 90s with his voice on it it just makes me feel like this has had to be the biggest thing of all time yeah, and I why would, do i, I, just I wish the trailer voice would kind of come back i think it'd be really cool yeah just let tarantino sell all of your movies like let him just rant about it over top of some of the images that would be pretty cool here i just <laughs> had a thought i just had a thought all right because Presumably, you and I will be getting together at least on a weekly basis until this thing is done. Yeah. Just as a little a little side thing to be doing in the background. We, we've discussed the Paul W.S. Anderson cast. We may get to that at some point. But what if we just we pick one movie each to like, hey, watch this in the intervening week, bring it back to the table. 
mm-hmm. either one that we both agree on or like, hey, I want you to watch this. You need to watch this. Whatever. Yeah. I have one in mind if you've never actually seen it start to finish. Go for it. The We Hate Movies guys were doing John Carpenter's Vampires on their most recent episode. I highly recommend it, but only after you've subscribed to our Patreon and listened to our two-hour episode <laughs> with the Brothers Blanchard where we have quite a bit of fun. And then leave us a review vampires, and yeah. tell us which one was better, theirs or ours. They talk about the Thomas Ian Griffith of it all. Mm-hmm. And they mention a little movie called Excessive Force. You think I haven't seen Excessive I've Force? I've never seen You've Excessive never Force. You've never seen Excessive And nobody told me that Thomas Ian Griffith gets to be the lead. Are you kidding me? Fucking, You've never seen Excessive in Force? In an early 90s action movie yes. with James Earl Jones. Yes. Fucking Lance Hendrickson and Tony Todd and Burt Young. Why did nobody tell me this? Because I think Excessive Force and Executive Decision came out around the same time. And if I remember correctly, they both had almost the same kind of box art. And so it might have just got lost in translation. So here's the deal. Excessive Force is fucking amazing, Here's the deal. I'm going to rent Excessive Force on Prime or wherever I can get my hands on it. Hopefully on Prime. Hopefully. Or maybe I'll have to YouTube this thing. I don't know. But I'm going to watch Excessive Force. Obviously, you're familiar with it enough to chat with me about it. No, no. I'm going to watch it again. It's fucking amazing. Okay. And I want you to watch Night Moves. Okay. Okay? And I'm going to give you my Night Moves Blu-ray. I'm looking at you. Remind me to do that before you leave. Deal. Okay? So, if anybody's excited about that, next week, at the very least, because the main reason I'm doing this, we're not getting any new movies really no with any sort of regularity there's still stuff coming out on netflix and like if there's something high profile enough that we both enjoy we'll do an in-depth review again but i was like in the meantime let's have some fun with some rewatches or just stuff we haven't seen get a little creative with the with the quarantine picks so does that sound solid plan for next time are you down yeah no totally and the whole thing's on youtube perfect okay (laughs) i can watch it on my youtube app so next week we will be discussing the uh, 1975, I think. Hold on a second. And I want to I want to double check to see if these are available easily for people. Um, okay, we're going to be watching Night Moves, the 1975 kind of modern noir crime thriller starring Mr. Gene Hackman, directed by Mr. Arthur Penn. It is available. It's a two dollar rental on Prime. Okay, it's not too much to ask. I'm going to give you my Blu-ray. You're not oh, going to pay okay. for shit. All right. Cool. I just watched it last night. I'm All gonna, right. Um, so, yeah, you're going to watch Night Moves. And Excessive Force. And I'm going to, yeah, and I'm going to watch Excessive Force for the first time. So, look then forward the, to those. Then the fun thing is, is when we title the episodes, we can call it Excessive Night Moves. Excessive Night Moves, yeah. Or like... Force Moves. Night, excessive Night. Excessive Night excessive or night. Uh, Excessive Moves. Or uh, Night Force? We will figure it out. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Okay. That's the other part of it. You have to come up with three alternate titles. So, yeah, I, I think basically I was like, after literally, I feel like, we, we always talk about rambling way too much, but I literally feel like this was just a giant, don't, I don't know if this is comprehensive. We didn't do anything, no. I don't know if this was releasable. It's going up. Yeah. I can tell you that, it's going up on Monday. Good. This is what people are getting, but I realize we literally just... 
kind of shouted out the titles of a bunch of things mm-hmm. for about an hour and a half. And, and that's kind of what we've done a lo- little bit lately with stuff. We know, and I feel like we we decided, hey, bigger show, got to watch more stuff to have more content. Because I feel like that's what we that's what we run into though is like, hey, I've been watching this, I've been watching this, but we didn't coordinate. So like, hey, I haven't seen this yet or whatever, and so we we can't really go super in depth on anything. So at the very least, we'll have two feature length films to dive into next yeah. week. Yeah, you can add. I mean, because you know. You're probably going to watch more stuff, I imagine. Absolutely. We'll still hit that, but exactly. I want, I'm saying, I'm going to take notes for excessive exactly. force. Exactly. I'm going to take serious notes for the night. Me too. Okay. So we'll do this for a bit. If people want to send in any suggestions, that would be cool too. TheRKB at gmail.com. Hit us up on Instagram at TheRKB Network, on Twitter at TheRKB, and on Facebook, which I think Gavin is still able to check every once in a while during his busy work day. Uh, that is TheRKB Network on there. Um, <laughs> This is just the bitterness of an unemployed individual <laughs> um, coming at you. You should do that in front of every podcast. You are now listening to the sounds of a bitter, unemployed man. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we'll do those. I, I had a music arc segment planned. I'm just going to ride out with it. Do it. Um, I don't know how you feel about her. Who? Everybody else is hyping it up to death. Whatever. That <laughs> was last year, baby. Oh, okay. <laughs> Where the fuck have you been? Oh. Um, no, uh, Fiona Apple is, oh, yeah. is back. Her oh, new dude, album, slow Fetch like the Bolt. Honey? Her new album, Fetch the Bolt Cutters, okay. if you haven't listened to it. I'll listen to it on the right home. Goddamn masterpiece, okay. start to finish. Um, I don't know what I'm going to pick. I might go I might go with Relay right here, or Ladies, or For Her. I don't know. The whole thing is incredible. Go listen to it. But uh, that's what we'll close out with is a little, uh, little Fiona Apple for everybody. Good year for comeback albums kind of so far. New Pearl Jam is good. The New Strokes is pretty good. You like that weekend record? I mean, that's not really a comeback. I didn't. I'm not. I, that's why I didn't lump it in with that. I was yeah. trying to like separate it out. Anyways, so we'll listen to that on the tail end. And uh, yeah, if you have any suggestions or anything you want us to watch, and if you guys really, really want to hear the Paul W. E. S. Anderson cast, maybe we start banking those in the background. Yeah, maybe we start. We could do that. Yeah, we got to make that hat. Make we that do hat. chop up all those names. Yeah. No, I don't have any hat. This is my only hat. You can't use that. Sorry. Right. We'll, we'll get to work on that. I did I did Google, though. There are some like randomized apps. I don't know how you load your lists into them, yeah. but you can use Excel and just have Excel do like a generator for like, you just have to load in each person's filmography. But I like the idea of we don't know until the end of the episode. Yeah, no, because we would just pull up like the file and hit the button ourselves. and it would be randomized and give us a result. Only thing is, if we use Excel... Whatever it picks, we have to take out of it, save it again. So, like, we're getting less that and less. That makes sense. Yeah, you know. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, until next time, for the RQV Podcast, I've been Noah. And I've been Gavin. And we've been the Blanchard Brothers. Until next time, stay safe, stay smart, and stay tuned. I thought you were going to say stay alive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's entertainment. Turns to pass the torch. Evil is a relay spark when the one who's burned turns to pass the torch. Evil is a relay spark when the one who's burned turns to pass the torch. Evil is a relay spark when the one who's burned turns to pass the torch. Evil is a relay spark when the one who's burned turns to pass the torch. Evil is a relay spark when the one who's burned turns to pass the torch. I'll resent you for being. Raise.
resent you for having each other. I'll resent you for being so sure. I'll resent you presenting your life like a fucking propaganda brochure. And I see that you keep trying to fade me. And I love to get up in your face. But I know if I hate you for hating me, I will have entered the endless race. Evil is a relay spark when the one who's burned turns to pass the torch. Turns to pass the torch. Evil is a 